This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about the season nine finale titled The Storm. We all knew it was coming uh, after last week's title. I think Hard we to all sneak knew. up on you. Yeah. Uh, so The Storm is finally here. Aaron, it's the last episode of the season. What do you think of it? Uh, I thought it did a real good job of doing most of the things it was setting out to do. Um, you know, getting us on uh, parking the Whisperer arc um, for the season finale, um, developing some more character relationships, uh, didn't overstay its welcome. It wasn't like a super stuffed 90-minute episode that had a whole bunch of shit that you were like rolling your eyes through. Um, I, I think they... I, I tell you what, when I was watching this episode for the first time, I saw it was written by my old... Long time Walking Dead, Watching Dead fans will know that Matthew Negrete, uh, Mr. Timon and Pumbaa, Mr. Power Rangers, uh, he has long been a a herald of doom. When you see his name on the masthead, oh, God, what's he going to do to my favorite characters now? Mm -hmm. And then I saw directed by um, Greg Nicotero, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, we're going to be this is a winter storm. We're going to be shooting day for night. This is going to be some some rough budgetary shit shooting summer for winter We're we're going to we're going to be we're going to have some problems here. And but it's still executively produced by uh, Miss Kang and co-written by her. And uh, it just uh, goes to show you the power of a showrunner, because I thought most of the stuff that they set out to do in this episode was pretty good and there's a couple things that like i've been waiting all season to hear why the kingdom is so unlivable but i feel like that um they deliberately dodged the question which puts it into kind of like when jordy comes on the main screen and says the quantum inverters have gone ape shit and we got 30 seconds before a warp core breach I, I don't know, I, but something finally broke, and there's no heat, and fires raged out of control, and all the roofs are gone in the kingdom. This place is unlivable. You know what? The, phase, the phases were inverted. This place had to be abandoned. The saucer had to be separated and crashed, onto, and now they're, they're having to go to Hilltop. I'm satisfied. Jim, what did you think? The difference there being that Jordy usually spends the rest of the episode figuring out why the fuck the Hilltop died, or the kingdom died, rather. Uh, and, yeah. and the phaser banks aren't working and the deflector shield is inverted. Uh, th- this doesn't seem to care to spend the rest of the episode doing that. This cares only that we believe for really no reason other than Ezekiel says it, that the kingdom is somehow unsustainable. And that's like one of the biggest problems I had with this is they did a piss poor job this season of of portraying like why the kingdom is unlivable. 
I like the best the best they ever do is bust a couple pipes and i'm thinking okay but you don't need you don't actually need running water in order to mm-hmm. have a, a, a fortification there right like you, you still yeah. have food you still have buckets tell me the blacksmith is so poor and and stupid that he can't make a bucket it's like well you'd have to go find him an example of one first i, I know you'd have to go to the natural history museum and dig uh-huh. up an ancient mayan bucket and maybe yeah. the guy could figure it out <laughs> a paleolithic bucket uh-huh. for him to work with uh, so, so yeah, they did a terrible job with that. Overall, like the season is so much better than the last season and the last yeah. string of seasons that yeah. I, I have very few complaints overall. Um, this episode was mostly good. I have some problems with like the weather sometimes. I have some okay. questions about like where do the whisperers go? Are they like? geese do they migrate for the winter out I, of the area and then back like i don't this doesn't need to be a 90 episode, minute episode but it might have needed to be a 55 minute episode because the smash cut to the whispers in spring it was bizarre i um, guess which spring was that the previous or the next i i really don't know like right. there's no context for it and and they don't tell me like they kind of imply that they were out of the area, but how do you get so far uh-huh. out of that area and then migrate back in a season when you have that many people? Like, I've played Oregon Trail. It takes months I mean, and months to get hundreds of miles with so an if, entire so if community. I was on, if, if I was a a, mig- a migrant community, a migrating community, I think, uh, you know, I might uh, get the fuck out of Cincinnati around uh, sometime in October and by the time I walk to say Atlanta, that's well, you, not a terrible walk, right? The trouble is you can't walk there. You got to shamble there because because yeah. you're a walker. So you you're walking like that's a true. mile an maybe hour. Maybe leave. Maybe leave in September then. Okay. But I, I feel like you can you can make it you can make it to some place like because uh, you don't have you don't have to get to like fucking Miami. You don't need to be on the beaches of Pina Coladas with your zombies. You just need to be out of the hard freeze, right? Um, yeah, I mean, you got to be out of temperatures that humans can't withstand without things like shelter. But to your, but to your point, these are the details I kind of crave. I would really yeah. like for them to lean in and ex- like and see, you know, that uh, I, I understand that it would rob the um, scenes of tension if you know if you knew the whispers like migrate south right for the winter, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but like then I think there's a way for you to do this as kind of a coda, like at the end of, you know, everything um, that you could explain kind of like, uh, you know, where they're at in, in some kind of concrete way. And and maybe or maybe even show them like as the storm is sweeping over the area, like Alpha can look behind her and see this like just blackness that they're leaving. And Beta can be, you know, say something about like when we return to the hunting lands, we'll have to be sharper and then he can whip her or whatever. But yeah, no, I, I think they, they definitely but but they, they already had their idea for a hammer, which was the garbled transmission that no one's going to hear. And that kind of got in the way of the thing that setting up that whatever the fuck that's going to be yeah. got in the way of explaining what's actually going, which, you know. Minor, minor in the scheme of things, but uh, yeah, the, I, I do wish they were a little bit better at it. The thing that I really like about this episode is it feels more like a Breaking Bad finale than a Walking Dead finale. Like they did their mm. big, you know, flashy moment last episode um, with the death yeah. of all the like ten characters or whatever, and then this episode they're using it to do what I liked uh, the Breaking Bad did, which is kind of set up the next season. 
um, mm-hmm. get all those pieces in in a row, and then you know, get, give us the thing that's going to hook us and go, oh, that's intriguing. I can't wait to see yeah. what that's all about. Um, yeah. And they did that with that radio transmission you you mentioned. I'm I don't know about you, but I'm interested in what that's oh, going to sure. be because I. I, I was listening to it trying to think, oh, is that uh, Alpha on the radio? Is that someone we've heard before? And I didn't recognize the Is it the Georgie? Voice. I, yeah, I, I tried to. I, it didn't sound like Georgie, but it's yeah. so garbled and so distorted that it's, it, it you know, who knows? Yeah, so it was pretty effective as a uh, cliffhanger for me. Um, just thinking, ooh, who could that be and what do they want? Yeah, looking forward to season 10, which uh, we are not going to be talking about this week. But next week, we're going to come back for our feedback episode now that we're done with the season, we'll consider what your guys' thoughts are of it, and we'll announce our plans uh, to continue Walking Dead, like when that will happen, when it will be coming back, how are we going to eventually catch up to, um, if and when Season 11 comes out, what what kind of way we're going to cover that. We'll be talking about all that in the wrap-up episode that comes next week. Okay, let's get into the recap. Let's do it. We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim. Order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar. Then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. We start off with Ezekiel. Uh, He has a voiceover that declares the dream of the kingdom dead for some reason. Pipes are bursting uh, as they prep a caravan of courage to leave for Hilltop. Carol remembers Henry as Zeke speaks of the valor of everyone. Uh, it's kind of a, yeah, a I mean, montage. Most of, yeah, most of this is just King Ezekiel saying generic stuff, like uh, quoting things that don't really apply. And like, who is, when he's talking about the Valiant, who is he talking about the Valiant, the ones they've lost so far? Um, but, you know, you, that's 
weird to say about the the people like retreating you know like talk about valiancy and never giving up in the face of like leaving because a pipe broke mm-hmm. um i i do i do admire because there, there was nothing they could really say at this point to explain what exactly was going on with the kingdom um yeah but they did show that they're like uh heat is a problem when you're talking about the east coast where it gets hit by nor'easters and whatnot um so that's a possible problem and uh, that there's constantly pipes breaking, not being able to have a reliable water source. That's a problem. Then as you're and they talk about fires raging out of control. And as you as they're leaving the kingdom, you you I saw that most of the uh, uh, human dwellings had their roofs burnt off. And that's like <laughs> like once you lose the structural integrity of a roof yeah. that like uh, those buildings, the human buildings don't last very long. You know, one of the whole reasons they covered bridges is because bridges lasted three or four times longer when you put a roof over them that you maintained. Hmm. So, like, you know, I can see, like, okay, well, the boiler that provides heat to the campus was broke, so that was already a problem. The the pipes froze and burst. Um, then when a fire broke out, they couldn't, they had no effective way to fight it, like, what, a bucket brigade or something? And it just raged out of control and... You know, and maybe it could have been stopped <laughs> yeah. if they had been trading with the hilltop and they had the blacksmith that could have helped them out and provide them with nails for the roof and stuff. Maybe King Ezekiel just was a little, you know, more showmanship than actual leader. So, like, these problems kept on getting bigger and bigger and he was just hoping something would happen. I I, I don't know. Um, but, I, I like I said, I'm, I'm glad they kind of left it vague rather than showing something definitively that we just clown on, you know? <laughs> I mean, they, uh, leave it, it at the Jordy LaForge level. It's weird though. Like it, the way that they phrased it almost felt like the fires were an inevitability to me. Like, oh, you know, mm. winter came, the fires spread. <laughs> yeah, those the winter fires from uh, I don't know. I guess Eugene setting a single fire in the middle of his living room or something. Or like you know the creosote shit. Then they don't have they don't have they haven't been keeping their chimneys maintained. They're starting to burn fuel. Maybe some people got careless. Maybe the creosote yeah, yeah. exploded and like. Yeah, like I said, I, I mean, I'm going to defend it because like, we've been talking about it all fucking season long, but yeah, the kingdom it, has fallen, you know? It's loose. The kingdom is dead, though, um, which is, I guess, yeah, the important point. Uh, they they had to leave the mega bus behind, the, the super bus, which <sighs> I'm disappointed, you know? Long live the super bus. God, you could have uh, chopped the, the top never... off that. Imagine the wagon you could build out of a super bus. You could you could you could definitely put a roof on an apartment complex with a super bus roof for sure. That's yeah, true. I um seems like there was some some missed opportunities there. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I thought also I liked that like I you know, we yada yada through a lot of this, the time jump, but um they did a good enough job selling me that Carol and Ezekiel and um Prince Henry were uh, an effective family unit that mm-hmm. like just seeing Carol go through the birthday cards that we yada yada and like the different tokens and things and you know finding the Shiva pin like all that stuff connected with me um you know combined with um I like King Ezekiel I like his kind of overblown rhetoric um some would accuse me of having the same pitfall at times and I I just I him kind of forlornly talking about epic quotes over this like very human grounded stuff I thought was was effective yeah made me wistful for old days gone through the rest of the episode, they do a good job with uh, Carol's, uh, let's say, mental state. Mm-hmm. I, I think they, they do some pretty good stuff here. Um, Carol's been consistently one of the better characters throughout this entire show. Uh, and and this is different from moralizing because, like, Carol had a whole arc 
that way she was kind of like white knuckling civilization and trusting people. And then she finally, after years got into this. And then the, the idea that a death of a child, which can send relatively well-adjusted, healthy people with resources spiraling mm-hmm. the fact that that would, you know, cause her to spiral in, in, in conjunction with King Ezekiel and her duties as queen. That makes perfect fucking sense. It okay. wasn't her just like, you know, snapping for some reason and, um, and and also, I think they're gonna they're they're gonna continue to serve her character well going forward. So um, I'm I'm it's sad it's sad to see her turn her back on the people who love her, but it makes sense in terms of his character her character history. Um, and over the course of this episode, there are kind of two groups, and sometimes it's it, it was for me uh, sometimes difficult to remember which one was where at any given moment because especially once mm-hmm. they get outside. And everything turns to snow. It's like, oh, is that, is that person with that group? You know, mm-hmm. is, is Negan with them? I, but I'll try and uh, point those out as we go through. Also, um, an important point to notice is that, and I didn't get this the first time I watched it, but the second time, there's a line talking that mo- literal months have passed since the the you know uh, mass beheadings, right? The the heads yeah. on the pike. Yeah, you um, had the the snow flurries that were happening at the end of last episode, right. and then this episode, there's a full on blizzard. So. Yeah, this yeah. feels like late November, December-ish. Um, and, they, and, and and that's why it's like Michonne. There's a lot of people that like don't belong at the kingdom that are there because I feel like the, uh, the idea is after this attack and they all signed the charter, they started trying desperately to keep things going and keep things working. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, and it seemed I like thought, it was, it was uh, Ezekiel calling up the other communities and saying, hey, you want to help me move? <laughs> that kind of thing, right? <laughs> right, right. I'll buy pizza for everybody, yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. One medium pizza. <laughs> Cheese. So they're on the road. Uh, this is Ezekiel and Carol and Michonne, all, all of them. Um, they're out on the road. Michonne and Yumiko are... Yumiko? I don't know how to say that. Talk about uh, what a shit show the council is um, and and their alliances, um, what that's become after the, in the aftermath of all those deaths. Uh, Daryl defends Lydia from Alden's harassment and tries to talk to Carol about her but Carol is having a hard time forgiving him. Uh, sorry, forgiving Lydia for Henry's death. Um, Jerry says yeah. there's a storm a coming, and then Zeke decides to travel through the night to the next way station. Yeah, there's um, a lot of stuff that I think is is pretty good here. Um, f- how did you think the day for night and summer for winter shooting went? Like they're they're leaning a lot on a very deep blue filter, but I thought mm-hmm. it it actually looked really good. I mean, I, I don't know that I've seen uh, a, an episode look this muddy and bad since Game of Thrones <laughs> had their, had mm. their blizzard episode, uh, the long mm. night, I think it was in season eight or something. Um, mm. They actually took the trouble to film all that at night. Uh, they did not right, do right. that with walking dead at all. At, no, at all. this was clearly filmed during the day and, during probably the height of summer in Georgia. Yeah, I mean, other than like it being muddy from time to time, which was the point, um, mm-hmm. much like that episode of Game of Thrones, uh, it, it didn't feel like it was a problem. And I liked it that like all this, the political stuff they've been doing felt very realistic. Like the fact that Hilltop is relatively politically po- uh, uh, paralyzed mm-hmm. after losing Jesus. You know, Maggie's gone. Then Jesus stepped up. Jesus died. As soon as he got established, Tara was taken down. Mm-hmm. Um, they do feel like I that like the the uh, it would be entirely 
plausible for their council to kind of be paralyzed with like a bunch of different competing factions. And they also lost some other pillars of the community like uh, um, Rhett Butler, whatever her name is, Gracie or whatever, but the, the blacksmith uh, blacksmith's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that all like really made sense. Um, you get another update in Maggie that they sent some letters, but they haven't gotten any responses. Um, I also really like the use of the iconic shot. Like this has been in almost every Walking Dead credit sequence of the zombie walking through the field from way back in season two, I believe, when Rick and and Shane are out driving together, and and that was such an evocative scene. It's like this is just how the world is now. It's like sometimes you, you see a amber wave of grain, and there'll be a zombie waving through it too. Mm-hmm. But now it's menacing because are those just zombies, or are those fuckers wearing skin suits keeping an eye on us? And it's kind of like um, the the a subtle way to illustrate the 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 world that we're familiar with here. The Walking Dead has changed, which I yeah. I really like. Um, and also just Lydia, what a terrible position she's in. She's responsible indirectly, directly, however you want to play it, for the death of the prince, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps the disillusion of the royal marriage that's kind of held things together. Um, Boston Rob being a dick makes sense because his girlfriend got killed too. Yeah. Like, you know, Daryl being prickly because like them rejecting Lydia kind of feels like him being rejected in the very beginning too like all this stuff just really i think the human drama just really is firing on all cylinders even like i i first i remember like man ezekiel actually jealous of daryl um but they they deal with this in the next scene i thought in a very responsible kind of mature way yeah for um sure. no a couple of things but, i like there um like lydia you know saying i just don't want to cause any more problems to to daryl or whatever is a callback to when you know the teens the shitty teens came up to her and said don't cause any problems she mm-hmm. feels now like she's been causing problems right big problems like henry dying uh and she has she hasn't caused the problems but she has been in the nexus of all the problems that these these uh communities have been suffering right like i don't blame her like i blame alpha um but right. she would blame herself you know as a teen yeah. who who mm-hmm. sees this in crazy ways um for sure. And then and then the What'd idea make- when when Daryl asks uh, Carol what she sees when he looks at him, you know, it, it's is essentially saying to her, look, if you can if you can get over like the things you see when you look at me, eventually that will happen with Lydia. Right. We can make her part of this group. Mm-hmm. And it's also commentary for her and Ezekiel's relationship, because I think one of the reasons that that's kind of kind of kind of gone sour is because it's inextricably bound up with her memories of uh, Henry, Yeah, you know? So Daryl is kind of like her neutral person that, you know, it's just Daryl, but everybody else mm-hmm. is you know, bound up in the relationship with other people she cared about. Um, and she's hurting. That sucks. Then we go to Eugene saying, uh, this is over at Alexandria. Uh, he says that the solar panels are busted and there's no heating and they've got to go get firewood and let Negan out. There's some kind of rehabilitation of Eugene's uh, character here where they do the beat where he says, oh, we got to this is all this and the the heaters are gone tits up and the panels are pushing daisies and and we got to go to winter one ice storm protocol. And like Rosita kind of rolls her eyes and Gabriel takes a minute and he's like, oh, no, actually, this 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 I know about this. I'm on the council. Eugene has talked about this and he's smart and we pay attention to him. So he. He kind of translates into like, okay, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Did you feel like that's kind of like the show starting to pivot away from Eugene just being a fool? Like, yeah, there's 
Rosita is the old school watcher, but you, but but uh, Gabriel's like the new watcher going forward. Like, yeah, he's silly, but he also knows the shit, and he saves our lives on several occasions. He thinks about right. shit that we don't think about, and it saves our life again and again. Yeah, I mean, I think you see that going all the way back to like the sanctuary, right? When uh, Negan puts him in charge of making the weapons, like, okay. You know, he he might sound like an idiot. He might look like an idiot, but he definitely knows a couple of things. Um, and I I think uh, back then it was all about confidence, right? Like, yeah, he knew the things, but he was too unconfident in himself to step up and actually do things. You know, he's always yeah questioning himself and his image and all that stuff. Uh, nowadays, like after after he kind of got in with Rick, it feels like that's where things started to really grow for him. Because uh, because mm-hmm. Rick. You know, he'd he'd be spouting off all this crazy nonsense, his coded language, and then Rick would just mm-hmm. be like, "All right, cool, the bridge. Let's get the bridge going." Uh huh. Uh-huh. Like he understood what he was trying to say. Um, I felt like that gave Eugene some more confidence. I wonder if because because um, after I watched this episode, it becomes clear that like any of these communities could become kingdom very quickly. Like you know, here in the winter time, where the daylight is causing the solar cells not to char- charge properly, and they're having to revert to the you know oldest f- mankind's oldest way to keep warm, other than just uh, snuggling together, is to set a fire. Um, you know, it's not too hard to imagine like they're all, the whole community is clustered in like two or three buildings. One of those buildings catches fire, and a third of the population might die. Yeah. Um, and plus you lose a major structure that's, you know, you can't use the next time. I wonder if there's going to be something like uh, next season, because this, again, this is the shit I live for. I would love to see Eugene start to replace the 21st century technology of Alexandria. I mean, use it while it's still good, but like also what's your plan yeah. for when these solar panels inevitably, like maybe not today, maybe, but sometime in the next 20 years, these solar panels are just not going to work anymore. Mm. Um, and you will have no way to, to replace or restore them. So like, what's the plan then? Like, I think, you know, when I see the grain mill and the windmill, like I, I like to continue to see more of that stuff. What is stuff that you can actually sustain, you know, for the long haul? Yeah. Yeah, whatever uh, hydro system they've got going, I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've no, somehow got a working working w- water mill in the, the community's ornamental pond. I don't know how that works. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know what kind of current you're getting there, but sure. Yeah. But either yeah, electrical retention. or hydro. <laughs> yeah, throw, throw a, pot, a paddle wheel in your apartment complex's retention pond and see how much power <laughs> you generate with it. But, you know, they're trying. They're maybe, thinking. They're maybe thinking. they'll catch the wind. <laughs> <laughs> uh so then the caravan uh this is the hilltop the the people headed for the hilltop encounters walkers on the road and lydia disappears into the woods ezekiel asks daryl to not stay at the hilltop so that he and carol can kind of get a fresh start without him reminding them of henry and mm-hmm. daryl says nothing I like this like this. I there's it's not there's no manipulation. It's just a guy making an ask of another guy. It's like I don't really have the right, you know, but this is what I want to happen. We've had a lot of history. Can you can you help me out here? And Daryl's um, response is perfect, too. You know, he just. Yeah. He's got like, a process, not that, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, he's not shutting him down. He's not saying, I can't believe you'd even suggest such a thing. It's just like, yeah, that is a big ask. I'm going to have to think about it. Um, and Daryl's not one for words, but. Right. Yeah, I like it. Which it was, maybe uh, confuses Ezekiel. Like, I'm not sure how well Ezekiel knows Daryl. And so when Daryl just like turns his back and walks away, what does Ezekiel think? 
it did feel like a little bit of an aggression, but like, no, I know Daryl, like I know it's like, you know, right. Not really. It's just, yeah. like you said, Daryl's trying to process that. Um, but, um, I also, I really like the, the fresh layer of snow. I thought that looked pretty good. Like an early dusting, uh, the, uh, foretaste of what you're going to get with this nor'easter coming through oh, jesus i was i was outraged oh god I, we might have some difference of opinions in the snow stuff no, but no, i was wild. kind of prepared to be outraged that the zombies didn't seem to be affected by the cold and snow um oh but i think that eventually they're telling, they get around to it yeah I think that they're telling us this is like their first real heavy cold snap where things are going to start freezing. Oh, um, you mean long term over the course of the series? Yeah. 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 yeah because like, uh, like I, I thought they were telling the story of we were maybe deeper in winter and like it's been winter for a little bit. But I think this is the early stages when it's the first real hard freeze. And now you're seeing zombies react to it. And, then, you know, um, the, the, I guess the one false note is it seemed like it surprised everybody. And I'm like, shit, you've been you've been here. You've been in D.C., Baltimore for like five years now. You've surely seen a zombie freeze solid. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was I was like, what the f- if zombies don't freeze? What? Uh, what the hell? What the hell, man? Did they got glycol for blood? Is that part of the zombie yeah. infection? Supernatural. I don't know. But uh, that 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 objection got retracted pretty quickly. Uh, speaking of frozen walkers, Lydia finds a walker frozen into a lake and decides she's going to let it bite her. But Carol catches her in the act. And afterward, the weather drives the entire group to take sel- uh, shelter in the sanctuary. I okay. I love Carol's winter queen look here with her like, you know, poncho and hat and everything. I thought it looked kind of uh homeless chic regal. Um and also I kind of think it's neat that they gave Lydia a comic plot from Carol's history. You know, if you'll recall in the comic, Carol dies in the prison. She feeds herself to another zombie because she's just she has no place, you know. Her she she uh, had this abusive husband the, the you know that all got wrapped up and she kind of tried to like find a relationship that works with somebody and she tried to get with Rick and that didn't work and she thought nobody loves her and she'll ha- go to someone that will take her a zombie and I thought it was kind of smart because I think you're supposed to understand that Carol is really empathizing uh, with this young girl who's been abused her whole life and thinks that she's weak and powerless and um like that connection that she makes with Carol in this episode, I think is really crucial and something that, that is natural and makes sense. And this is something I really like as a, as a fan of the comics, like they take, you know, Angela Kang, apparently, I don't know, maybe, maybe this has nothing to do with this, but like, I like to think that she's gone back and read the comics and like, okay, what are some things we didn't use? And what are some things we can remix? And like, Oh, this is an, a, this is like an alternate version of Carol. It went down this way. Carol will catch her doing that and stop her. Um, I, I I thought that gave it the scene a little bit extra juice for me, but yeah, uh, no, that's cool. Um, and Nicotero loves this shit. Like the sound design of that zombie snapping with its teeth, I thought was really incredible. Um, oh yeah, and, and there's also the element of like because Henry sacrificed himself for Lydia. If Lydia goes through with this, it will all have been for nothing. And and Carol's watching mm-hmm. that moment, and it's like. Yeah, there there are a lot of layers in the scene. Uh, it's it's pretty yeah. strong, and like it takes Carol a lot of the episode to kind of like process this because I, I you know it's 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 it'd be a, it'd be entirely fair for her to come in and be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Uh-huh. Like, yes, my son dies, and you're gonna throw. Yeah, I'm sorry, people are mean to you, but like she didn't, she didn't. Yeah. It's kind of like she just kind of watches and doesn't judge, doesn't do. I, I yeah, 
I, I think the Carol stuff is really great in this episode. So then Negan's happy to be out of his cell, but he can't keep uh, from antagonizing Gabriel over his love life. Uh, Judith has lost Daryl's dog and a clogged chimney causes an explosion, forcing everyone to move to Aaron's house so they can start a fire. The weather outside is straight out of the thing. Uh, so they have to form a chain gang to keep from getting lost in it. Here's where my problems begin. Like, uh Oh, you got, you got such ferocious weather that the people who have lived in this community for how many years now, at least six years, Mm-hmm. can't find their way to Aaron's house in in a storm. Really? In whiteout conditions? Really? Man, There's no just... landmarks you can use? Like, I, I don't know. It it doesn't, it seems like, this, look, this is not the fucking South Pole. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, there's no monster out there trying to get you. You're apparently not going to freeze to death, and Negan can survive this thing in a t-shirt, in a button-up. Uh mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's it seemed a little much this this storm the way people reacted to it. I think I think that if you could wear some kind of like a MythBusters could test this like with some kind of goggles that limited your visibility to three feet, like it would be surprisingly hard to navigate one's neighborhood. I would imagine um, because mm-hmm. it doesn't take very long for people to get disoriented. I mean, they did do that in MythBusters, like tie tie a blindfold around someone, tell them to walk in a straight line in a field, and like you can't. It's impossible. Like, you get disorientated almost immediately. I know cave divers, you would think it's impossible to get to decide to to lose track of which way is up and down in water, but it happens time and time again to divers. Once the visibility drops to zero, you can't see the bubbles going up, you get disoriented, you get panicked. So, I I actually thought it was pretty cool, especially when you think about all the kids they got, some elderly people. um, You know, not all these tools are the sharpest in the shed, perhaps. Um, I thought it was a pretty good survival detail. (laughs) And I got to say, before we get off uh, stuck on this, it gave me immense pleasure to hear Negan make the same joke I've been making about this love quadrangle. Uh-huh. Like he even said it. Like, I haven't called it a love rhombus or whatever, but it's like this crazy love quadrangle as his his wintertime entertainment. I, it, it tickled me. Plus, I also like how no one it's kind of been defanged a little bit. Yeah. You know, like there's okay. well, you can have your fun, Negan, but like we're all in the open and happy about it. So die mad, you know, there's um, Mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, no, I I, and and also like, uh, yeah, also try being less predictable. You know, maybe if you were a a helpful, good guy for a change, it would actually shock us, which he does by the end of the episode. Um, The chimney exploding. Perfectly great disaster to get into. Makes a lot of sense. It's one of those like most how many people. Uh, listen to this podcast, have fireplaces in their homes. Uh, when's the last time you had it checked by professional? Do you have it checked every year? Most people don't. No. Fucking people's, every year, people's houses burn down because of this shit. Um, my, my solution for this, just don't light fires. Don't light fires yeah, inside the, your dwelling. That's that's my thing. It's, 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 it's uh, yeah, it's it's be, it's terrible air quality. It actually, there's a lot of studies to show it sucks heat out of the rest of the house. It's it's a bad idea, but uh, people do it. Of course, I don't live um, in the apocalypse uh, where, you know, this, yeah. my solar panels are busted and I need heat. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, you people, you people with fireplaces, decorative fireplaces, going to be laughing out the other side of your mouth come the apocalypse because you'll be warm and we'll be frozen. It's true. But, uh, yeah, no, that's the stuff like people, people, I felt like people gave thought to things that could happen in situations like this and it all made sense and kind of led one naturally to it to the other. So, good, good for you guys. Someone's watched their little house on the prairie. <laughs> <laughs> I think they used the wagon from that. 
Uh, they might have. They they honestly might have. All right. Next scene is Carol feeling like she's lost, losing herself again. Um, she tells Ezekiel that, uh, or sorry, tells Daryl that Ezekiel only blames him for Henry's death because he can't blame her. Uh, but Daryl doesn't doesn't want to leave. Um, I don't know. It's it's another in a long string of of good character uh, moments between Daryl and Carol. Yeah. And they don't really resolve it. I really have no clue what is the arc going forward next season. Um, mm-hmm. Feels intentional. So I'm, 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 I'm all in, yeah. Feels like they're leaving themselves open um, to do kind of whatever they come up with in the offseason or came up with in mm-hmm. the offseason at this point. Yeah. Um, so then they're forced to go to another way station uh, because the storm could outlast their supplies uh, that they have at the mm-hmm. sanctuary. They have to cross into Whisper territory to make that happen. Uh, Ezekiel's not convinced that it's worth it. I, I was surprised that yeah. they, they have no plan, zero, absolutely zero plan. We're months, uh, we're months after the incident where ten of their community members had their heads put on pikes, um, and, and they have zero plan, both offense or defense, for dealing with the Whispers. No one's come together and said, "Hey." What if the Whisperers decide to go back on this deal and just attack us? We're going to need some way of fighting them. How would we go about that? No one mm. said it. No not no one in the council, no one in the hilltop, no one anywhere. Really? Well, but like it, was, it has only been a couple months. They did establish the councils have been kind of logger jam because all the leaders have kind of been dead. And I mean, I, I don't know that they haven't made any like... Uh, it says we have They haven't no made plan. any plans to... We have no way way to fight the whispers. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Uh, It's. uh, Well, he says he says we don't know how to fight him, which to me, like that's a number one on the list is figure out what we're going to do if the whispers come knocking again. Yeah. Yeah. It is, like I said, but it's been relatively speaking a short period of time. They've also it seems like they've been they had their hands full of disaster. You know, you've had domestic problems at Hilltop. You've had like, you know, the king. The, the, apparently, the kingdom turned out to just be a boiler, and the boiler <laughs> fell, and so did the kingdom. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I, and I feel like one of those dip, doesn't care. I feel like a dip. One of those dipshits that was emailing us in like season five and six. You guys are being too tough on The Walking Dead. Why don't you just? It's not that kind of show, and I'm doing it to you now, Jim. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just like the show now. I don't know. I I would be planning <laughs> for this. What seems like an inevitability when this lunatic they, wearing skins comes back. I have a suggestion for the council. You need to differentiate yourself in the committees. You need like a ministry of war or defense. Mm. You need a ministry of the interior that talks about improving the community. Ministry of creosote removal. Yeah. You you need some different departments that can like maybe go in a subcommittee and deal with things in piecemeal because uh, Mm. you all seem like you're trying to do everything all at once. And that's not a recipe for good governance. It doesn't scale very well, for sure. Um, But uh, hell, they just signed the charter. I I was going to say, yeah, I've seen the charter they just signed. And it basically says we're all going to try and be cool uh and good to each other so maybe they've Mm -hmm, got a long way to mm -hmm. go with the organizational structure it's it's the bill and ted charter just be excellent to each (laughs) other (laughs) and then wait for wild stallion to write a song to unite us all together in peace and harmony and love Mm -hmm. then in another um kind of talky scene here zeke regrets waiting this long to give up on the dream of the kingdom and michonne regrets all the time that she kept alexandria in isolation 
Uh, now she says that they have to risk this border crossing to get their friends home, so they leave the sanctuary and cross the border. Yeah, like the the idea that um, you know Michonne realizing this time apart made us weaker, but and she points out poignantly that like Alpha would have never been able to do her shit had they had ba- remained a tight knit community where everybody knew each other. Yeah. Um, and how that like we have to get back to seeing like it's not. Ezekiel's people and Michonne's people and Maggie or Tara's people. These are all our people who were jointly responsible and we're accountable to each other, not just to ourselves and our people, but to everybody. Um, I, yeah, I, I, this common cause, uh, good governance stuff is, uh, I, I like a lot. Um, yeah. it was nice seeing, seeing them talk about it. No, you really have to have some kind of unity to have any functional government. Uh, and that's what they're, that's what they, they were lacking. Hopefully they're going to get back to that. Uh, and I like Ezekiel's I think that's side the, of this too. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I think that's eventually the strength that'll win the war against the Whisperers because, you know, Alpha rules by fear yeah. and intimidation and the fact that the vast majority of her foot soldiers have no brains at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just manip- They're just, you know, used as tools. Um, but, like, I do think that, uh, you know, the Alexandria Hilltop uh, Kingdom Alliance of, of free-thinking, hardworking individuals working out of mutual respect and love, I want to say that that'll beat the authoritarian regime every time I'm pulling for him. Let's put it that way. Yeah, me too. Uh, but yeah, Ezekiel's side of this, I, I I like this because they, this is one of the things that they've done pretty well, you know, with the, the whole fall of the kingdom stuff being so bad, the Ezekiel side of it, like him not wanting to give up on this dream of the kingdom, right? Like, okay, maybe I don't know why the kingdom is failing, but the kingdom is failing. They've told me that Ezekiel doesn't want to give up on it. And now, because he didn't give up on it sooner, they're in this dire situation, right? It's it's brought them mm-hmm. to where they might not even make it. They have to take enormous risks now going through the Whisperer's territory, possibly bringing war um, yeah. to all of the people that they're now united with because he didn't he wasn't seeing the future enough. He was he was believing too much in this dream that was clearly not gonna happen, you know. And mm-hmm. and Carol in this moment, you know. Not going to tell him I told you so, but also mm-hmm. that's, I don't know if that's how people feel about it, but that's kind of the mm. situation they're in. And yeah, I don't know. It, I thought it was pretty good writing to bring that back in this moment. I agreed. I, that's, I'm just amazed at how different everything feels. Everything feels more important and substantial. Um, and the fact that yeah. they can turn this around in less than a season, <laughs> right? Cause like, I, I feel like the first three episodes of this season felt of a piece of the, you know, there was like, mm-hmm. it's better, but like, you know, they've stitched together a couple of good episodes before, but like this sustained run of like everything kind of like building up and character arcs intertwining and, uh, things logically going from this and that and the other, not just being built around like, what's the set piece? What are we doing this episode? Oh, we're going to go through a K, ca- uh, a caved in highway. Yeah. That's the ticket. Um, like it just it just feels so much better. I would not have believed you could turn it around this quickly, but um, I don't know. It's, it's very it feels very similar to the jump that Star Trek made between like season two and season three, of the next generation. And it turns out that was all writing room stability and right. like good practices. So something to it, something to it. Uh, and I really like when they go to cross this border. How you know ominous this is. They walk up, they see the sticks, and the sticks are still darkened with the blood of their friends. Right? It's Mm-hmm. It's a nice touch. It, it tells you like the consequences that they're about to take on going through this. It feels like a real dangerous border you're crossing, Absolutely. even without the head still there. It's like, oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, so Gabriel and his chain gang navigate the Arctic Circle, searching for shelter. Uh, <laughs> Judith hears Daryl's dog barking and runs off after it, and Negan runs off after her. Uh, I- I'm surprised here. Judith goes off. Negan goes off after her. No one else decides they're going to go off. Uh when when the madman the the butcher of Anderson Station here goes off after the young girl, they I think it was confused. Like I think they were trying to hold the line because then then like the next scene where uh, Negan's looking for Judith, you hear other people looking for Judith and Negan. I just think you it's do, like, yeah. yeah um, now but when you can't see three feet why, from your face, man. Right, like why weren't why was Negan the only one that instantly let go of the line and went after the little girl? Um, that is an interesting question. He's the only one who you cares know. enough, apparently. He's the only, or he's the only one that's like a man. Like this is is, is this going back to like um, you know Shane, man of action versus uh, Rick, man of thinking about things through. Um, you know, there's good good and bad points about both, but like I think they're establishing Negan as the the former. He is not going to think too much about consequences. He's going to react. And uh, in this case, turns out that he's a kind of a lowercase H hero because of it. Yeah. I, I, I like the redemption of Negan. I think mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense that he was never necessarily an evil person. He just lost his mind a little bit in the apocalypse. Like so many people did found the thing that kind of worked and decided that that's the way the world worked now. And just the way, the same way that alpha did in the, and were it not for this extraordinary situation of Rick taking him prisoner and holding like he would have never made this progress. It's fucking crazy. But I do like that they're uh, yeah, I do like his redemption. I want to believe I want to believe a man like Negan with the, the proper time and attention and, and program could be brought back to the light. Yeah. Um, I, I was thinking like, you know, when Michonne's group is out there and they're crossing this border uh how much danger is there really like there there's two sides to it right so you can't see six inches in front of your face with this storm which means mm-hmm. you're very very unlikely to get caught out here by the the whispers extremely like it, it's, yep. it provides you a lot of cover um yep. so that's positive but also you're very unlikely to see if you're walking right into them you know you yep. could be walking into a herd um a literal herd yeah yeah a herd of walkers of straight up walkers not even whispers um Mm -hmm. that could fuck you you could also be walking straight up into a whisperer camp and not know it until you're Mm -hmm. a foot away from them and then suddenly it's on yeah i i was i'm torn about this winter scene because in some ways it seems like oh these people are so dumb in other ways it's like oh yeah this provides a lot of tension and drama it's funny because like um, I watched this like like you said two weeks ago and got my notes and I watched it again this morning. In between, I watched the uh, the Tom Hanks movie Greyhound, which is all about submarine combat, and it brought back it had a lot of that same kind of feel. And I'm just now hearing you talking about. It, I understand why because it's like the unseen enemy. Like yeah, this is open ocean, and you know it's it's a lot of it to provide safety, but also you just never can know. There's this tension like every single time they could come across a, a, a herd or the whispers um the zombies being frozen but like not quite and like maybe ones in a snowbank could still remain warm enough to like yeah. pop that shit just i thought was great it's it's a it's a really ingenious when I mean, you talk about the, all the fireworks happening last episode and i understand what you mean by that but like this is one of the more satisfying set pieces just mm-hmm. this march across the whisperer territory in its totality oh, yeah. uh, that the show's done um, so Michonne's group is also now in the seventh layer of Arctic hell. 
they stumble mm-hmm. on some frozen walkers, which freaks them out. They eventually make it to the frozen river where Carol splits off to find Lydia while the others cross. Uh, and while she's gone, there are a whole bunch of walkers who rise up out of the snow to terrorize them, but they're, they're able to fight them off pretty easily and they cross the river to wait for Carol. Yeah. That felt about right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, like if you, if you don't understand like the insulating properties of snow, I could see why maybe you, you might think, Oh, why aren't these walkers frozen under the snow? Um, it's because they're actually warmer yeah. under that snow than a walker standing up. It's like, uh, you know, I love watching survival shows. That's like Winter Survival 101. If you have no shelter, throw yourself in a snowbank, try to form an air pocket, and that you heat up the air pocket, the snow yeah. melts around you, and then it actually is a very good insulator. Mm-hmm. Um, so that all kind of, yeah, like I can see like people like, oh, what the hell? These zombies are frozen. The ones are popping out of snow, good to go. But it kind of is like someone did some research or... You know, again, watch Little House on the Prairie or Survival Man to, to find those details out. I guess it makes me wonder about the body temperature of the walkers, like steady state body temperature. Are they warm blooded still? I bet that. So it's, it's like, you know, like you um, uh, have you ever put your hand inside like a compost pile. Like it gets really hot. The sure. decay yeah. generates some like that chemical process generates heat. I, I would surprise me if they're slightly warm because of their decay. That makes sense. I mean that like that 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 goes to a certain point because once they get skeletal, then there's not yeah. much left to kind of keep them. But like, yeah, I think like I said, who knows? This is stuff is this is like warp this is like warp core breaches. Like what the hell? Like I, I yeah. can't judge the science of the undead, but I felt like it was okay. Now I do wonder. I'm just trying to get my cannon when, straight. Like, are they warm? Or are they cold? Yeah. Are they? What does it feel like to touch a walker? <laughs> I, I do wonder, though, when the Whispers get back to their territory, when they see all these zombies dead from, like, shattered heads uh-huh. and, like, sword strike, like, they're leaving an awful lot of evidence of uh, trespass behind. Um, I-, I kept expecting at the very end of this episode to, like, do the slow zoom in, right, on this serene wilderness scene, and then you see, like, Daryl left a boot behind or something, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And that'd yeah. be the One thing their- that tips him off. Daryl's other angel wing fell off, and <laughs> right. that last stitch finally gave way. Yeah, yeah. There's only one man that has wings like these. Uh, okay. I I do find it hilarious because you know we we're talking about like oh they get lost in in the town and you got this storm where you can't see in front of you and it'd be hard to navigate. No problem navigating across vast stretches of wilderness. No problem whatsoever in the, mm-hmm. the, the same blinding storm. They, mm-hmm. they can they can navigate across the entire Whisperer territory. Gabriel can't navigate next door. It's just hilarious. <laughs> well, he's only got the me. one eye. He's only got the one eye. It's got that milky eye. He's got- <laughs> maybe somebody else should have been leading that rope. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, they, they when they when they when they appointed him as leader of the community, they didn't realize that it would be literally him trying to feel his way through a, uh, a snowstorm, yeah, with uh, one eye and no depth perception. <laughs> but uh, hasn't been eating any carrots lately. His night vision's shit. Mm. It's just just terrible all around. Damn. Uh, then Carol finds Lydia, who says that she wants to die so the spore can end, and asks Carol to kill her. Uh, she doesn't. She does the the thing where. Yeah, she stabs past her, kills a walker. Yeah, like, I mean, we've already kind of covered this ground, but like it's so they did such a phenomenal and they don't ever say this. They never say this. They rely on you knowing Carol at this point, nine years of history of Carol and where she came from, her arc to understand that like Carol, when she sees Lydia, sees 
scared Carol Peltier from season one and season two cowering at her husband's shadow and like, you know, completely bought into his bullshit system of things Mm -hmm. and look at her now. Um, And again, this is all show, not tell. And it's all the, you know, Melissa McBride's acting. And uh, I don't know who this uh, Lydia lady is, but she's actually capable of doing some pretty heavy lifting dramatically so far, it seems. Yeah. Um, Yeah. No, I like it. And I feel like now she's got a new purpose, like redeeming Lydia and, and maybe not even redeeming her, helping her get to where she's at minus some of the bullshit baggage that she's had, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think is like like going to be Carol's new purpose going forward. She lost Henry, but like, what can she do? What can this girl become if she helps her? Um, what kind of boon to the community could she be? And I, I think that's really that that's that's got me hooked. And I think at the same time, there's also the question of does Carol want to kill her? Because she right rightly could, and we've seen her kill mm-hmm. children before, right? <laughs> Look at the flowers, sure. Lydia. Right? Uh, yep. There's that part of it too that she like absolutely Carol's do ice that. fucking cold. If this is going to be better for the community, like executing those sick people at the prison, man, like fucking yeah. Carol can get it done, <laughs> right? You need to burn a whole pack of ex saviors that are getting a little too handsy with the uh, travelers. Like Carol's the person, the Terminator, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's. But it's it's like uh, somehow by helping Lydia, she's also healing herself, which you know. That yeah, happens. no, I I think that that's what creates that real tension because she's mm-hmm. seen both sides of that. Um, she understands both sides and the question becomes which one of those is going to make the decision for her. Um, so Daryl somehow wanders off and gets overrun by two walkers. I, I don't even know how this happened. Daryl was just like going to take a piss. What? How did Daryl get they're away talking from about they're the trying to They're trying to organize like the civilians into a crossing party. And I think Daryl was like trying to protect the perimeter to give them that opportunity to get it because everyone all the women and children all the women and children old people non-fighters have to like go across one by one and you know uh daryl's kind of roaming around taking out the zombies to give them that is what Mm -hmm. i got but uh what'd you think of the icicle kill he pulls a diehard too here yeah and he stabs a walker through the eye with an icicle uh it's pretty good it's good yeah for sure uh, like that's every every five year old, right? Every five year old, I've got pictures of Jack from like all ages of him holding these things like daggers. Like everybody, sure. like he was like, what that? Could he kill somebody with this? Well, he can kill a soft melon headed sun ripened walker that's got a little bit of a shell of ice on it. You can definitely kill one of them with it. Absolutely. Uh, Carol, it's just cool as hell. And I think God bless Nicotero for giving this stuff. It's just cool as hell every once in a while. Sure. Uh, we go back to Lydia and Carol, and and Carol refuses Please. to kill Lydia, uh, no matter what what how much she begs. Um, she takes her hand and leads her back to the group. But yeah, the, all the stuff that you you said about you know her feeling bad for the abuse that Lydia suffered under, she gets it. And the, the, the whole you're not weak, and I know that because I wasn't weak. I was like way stronger than a lot of people that hadn't gone through this shit. It's just. Part of that abuse made me feel that way. Uh, it's it's great. Again, none of that spelled out. It's just like, you know, single tear running down her cheek. You're not weak. Grab your hand. Take you back to the group. Beautiful. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Minimal storytelling. Love it. Or I should say minimalist, not minimal, because it's a lot of story being told. Next up is Negan getting injured looking for Judith, but eventually he finds her and he finds the dog uh, and he carries her back to Alexandria. I guess he carries both. Well, he carries her and he leads the dog back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish he would at least close up his jacket when he's running around outside. Like he's not 
got his jacket buttoned. He's in the middle of a blizzard, uh, yeah. and it's just flapping wide open. And well, then he takes I it off and thinking... gives, it, gives it to Judith. I, I I don't understand. So she's already bundled up, right? Enough mm-hmm. to make this journey that they've set out on. Uh, mm-hmm. He gives her his coat to make her just probably sweltering in, in that stuff. Uh, See, I think she's... I think she's early stage hypothermic because she's starting to like lose consciousness and like be weak. Um, but I don't, I don't so understand I, I, why. Like being away from the group, does that really she's affect you that she's, much? Well, I mean, you you lose heat. Like was it like an inverse square rule? Like the bigger you are, the slower you lose heat because like you know there's more there's less surface area to internal volume. Like uh, you know mice have to worry about freezing to death. Elephants not so much kind of thing. So I think that mm-hmm. she just like, cools off faster. I don't know. Like I said, I. Uh, and also, they're n- none of them are dressed for this weather. Yeah. Like speaking of little prairie days, like we this is they are not wearing Gore-Tex like multi layer. This is all like a bunch of denim and flannel and yeah, little house under prairie shit. And people died all the time of exposure, got frostbite all the time back then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I was looking at, she's wearing like little thin knit mitten or you know like gloves. Like yeah, she's gonna probably lose fingers. So I mean, once I he have takes off his coat, I I was like, well, he's done. I, there is no way. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like he's got like a minute or two to get back to a group or something, or he's gonna freeze to death. And and I like that's it. It's a clip flip of the coin historically of the Walking Dead, where they realize implications of anything they're doing, and also. I also kept on thinking, like, one of the reasons he's taking his coat off is because probably secretly it's 85 degrees, 80 90% humidity in Atlanta. And he's, like, burning his, he's, like, he's like sweating his ass off. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, get this damn thing off. But, like, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, and How, I, the way man, he's they got with the girl and he's, lost. like, trying to, he's trying to get, like, uh, you know, like, joking about the dog pooping gold nuggets and mm-hmm. throwing the language stuff back at her. Um no, nah, I don't. Like I said, it's it's uh, Negan being heroic, and I'm I'm here for it. Uh, I assumed that when Negan got his leg injured and he's limping around, that they were gonna pull like a end of Night of the Living Dead kind of thing, where they mistake him for a walker and kill him. Oh, why in, in the whiteout yeah. conditions, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I I didn't know that. I haven't seen that, so like I wasn't yeah. aware. But that's yeah. I mean, there's that, still that would have definitely added spice to it. There's too much to do with him. Like he, you know, he's still an interesting character. You want to keep him around, uh, undoubtedly. But it would have been a really nice homage. It would have been a nice way to take him out, honestly. Because yeah, there's some interesting things you can do with him. But the most interesting thing you've done with him, you've kind of already done. Redeem him, make him a symbol far beyond what Rick would ever like. Dying to save her and having some Alexander person kill him because he thinks he's a walker. That would be. Yeah, now it's all about like pretty will amazing. the community accept him in. You know, um, yeah. how, how open is this community going to be? Are they going to be open to the man who killed so many of their friends, terrorized them for so long? And is know. Negan going to realize that, like, what a ro- long road he has to walk? And, you know, how flexible is he going to be, you know, yeah. um, when he's talking, quote unquote, leader to leader with people? Uh, th- that's that all remains to be seen. All right, Michonne's group makes it to Hilltop. Everyone except for Carol, that is. Her spirit didn't make it. She has no idea who she is anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. She's decided that she's going to Alexandria in the morning. And she gives her ring back to Ezekiel. Wow. Yeah, and he bids her keep it. Uh, but uh, yeah, like the the hurt in poor Ezekiel's face. Mm-hmm. Uh 
I've always been kind of a sucker for Ezekiel and Carol. I've always been rooting for them when if they first started kind of like doing the the matchy matchy will they won't they. Um, but this whole, uh, you know, I I know you have to do this. I'll never stop loving you. I'll never regret the fairy tale. That's really good dialogue and mm-hmm. touching. And then her giving trying to give the ring back as if he can be freed of her somehow. Um, and him rejecting it is is great, and I I can't God damn it's I really want to see season ten uh, like right now, but I think it's bad for the podcast if I just go ahead and watch the whole damn thing and 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 do a real retro rewatch. So I'm gonna refrain. Yeah. Unfortunately, the schedule's tightening up to kind of prevent me from from go, getting too tempted. But it's good stuff. It's a great place to leave the show. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned him earlier, but I'm digging these zombie heads exploding. Daryl at the beginning of the scene bashes one uh, right outside the hilltop and it explodes t1000s them it's it's pretty neat i'd i'd be if i were them i'd have like a an over under on what day of the year the zombie that's out there uh melts enough to fall over (laughs) it'd be like a (laughs) snowman right like uh, yeah. What day is the snowman gonna fall over? Because it's melted so much. I don't. I don't know. They do this some like over in uh, our old uh, haunt Beaver Island. They, um, I think they they like drag an anchor out to the 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 middle of the harbor, and the first day it falls through, they have like a celebration. Nice, something yeah, that'd like that. Fun. That'd be yeah. Yeah, the first time the 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 zombie walks away, you know, they like uh. have uh, <laughs> uh, that. That's when winter's officially over. Uh-huh. It's like a. It's like a an actual useful Groundhog's Day kind of thing. Right, right. <laughs> uh, Jerry tries to rename the Hilltop Kingdom to, or yeah, the Hilltop to King Top. I, I think it Whoa, better. Whoa, uh, taking top billing right away. This isn't diplomacy, Jerry. This well, is a hostile takeover. The, the other. Come on. If, if you want to give the Hilltop top billing, it would be Hilldom. And I think that's not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I think you're just the kingdom in exile, Jerry. Uh, yeah. You know, like uh, much respect for you, the quilt quilted mountain, but uh, you you need to slow your roll on taking top billing of the hilltop. I think. Yeah, that uh, could be seen as an aggressive act. And this next scene um, makes me wonder if Negan has maybe earned some trust back uh, by risking his life to save Judith. It's it's the next day, and Michonne's group arrives back at Alexandria. Um, she's greeted by her children, and everyone gets into a snowball fight. And then Michonne, Michonne goes to talk to Negan to thank him for saving Judith. Um, and Negan asks about the well-being of everyone, which Michonne is skeptical of. And they have a short conversation about how the group came together, um, and some other things. Uh, you know, it, it's a, it's really a conversation of like how is Negan gonna work his way back into this group. I mean, he's rhetorically, he's pretty strong here. Like, uh, mm-hmm. he talks about cutting through the territory. It's ballsy. And she's like, you know, a common enemy, common goal. And she retorts, like, or fighting evil brings good people together. And he says, same thing, because no one ever thought, no one ever thinks they're evil. And he's talking about himself here, right? Right. Like, I mean, he that was always his whole shtick. Like, yeah, you hate me, but, like, without someone like me, none of this multi-community shit works. You need a strong man on top. Mm-hmm. Well, he was proven wrong. Um, but, like, he's trying to say, like, hey, I, I, I never did these things because, like, it, it, it got me jollies or whatnot. I think that's probably a little bit of a lie. I definitely think he enjoyed the power trip. But it gives Michonne oh, yeah. st- some, st- some things to think about. And, uh, like... 
obviously this stunt, you know, this flair for the dramatic he has has earned her him a little bit of respect from her as well. Mm-hmm. And she gets her dig in about like the sanctuary being a total shithole. And he's like, hey, why do you think I came back to Alexandria? You know? Exactly. <laughs> I tried to I already tried to make it work with a, a party of one, let alone like 30 or 40 people. It's it's yeah, it's pretty good. And then we go to a somewhat puzzling scene. Beta ritually removes Alpha's mask and begins whipping her arms with the switch, which is apparently part of some plan they have. Um, so, I mean, just so many questions. Like, where did they go for the winter? When exactly is this taking place? Because it doesn't look yeah, very cold. Yeah, are we back? Are we back yeah, or, or like... did we go away? Um, is this Is this like some other place? We don't even know. But if it's some other place, it's well, just warmer. Does. Why this? Why the melting snow? What's what's? Why I thought that they were trying to tell the story of like this is a so it's like is this next spring? Did they not leave? It's got to be because he says that the the time away has been good, um, has, has done you good or something like that. Yeah, so it's like it's post winter, but then they close. I, I think I feel it's a mistake to open the Zeke's. Uh, voiceover and then end because to me that tells me that like all of these things took place at the same time mm-hmm. okay but now you got alpha and this the snow's melting and they're talking about the time away has been good like so many ways you can in- interpret that and of course they're, it's all georgia nothing ever looks regionally distinct there's not like you know that is there no place in georgia that looks like it's not fucking georgia that you could, you know, uh, it could plausibly be some other place, like put some palm trees or I don't know, something up, uh, some get some Spanish moss, hang them in the trees. So it looks like they've gone someplace a little warmer uh-huh. or, you know, maybe maybe the problem is, I don't know. Uh, but but it is confusing because like one of those two things is true. They either went away or they came back or something and, and time has passed but like i don't know this is greg this is kind of greg nicotero mastering the day for night or the night yeah. F- yeah the day for night not mastering the transitions of time jumps and things like that yeah the changing of weather still something he's he struggles with they needed some other scene because i was thinking like okay do you reorder this these last two scenes because because these last two scenes are both taking place sometime in the future some an unspecified amount of time do you reorder them? Does that work better? No, because then you still have this hard cut from like a just a conversation that they're having casually, you know, with Michonne and and Negan to Ezekiel on the radio in a different season. So like you need something there to say, hey, time is passing. And you know a, what? The title card that just says like three months later is so bad and dumb. I think I think you take out the alpha and beta scene. You have the Ezekiel signing off and the radio static, and then post credits, you come back with alpha and beta. And I feel okay. like that would have done it per because that feels like a mar that's like a Marvel movie. Like these, this was all part. We're done with this. Now we'll set up. Time has passed. Things are happening. Um, our other group has not lay follow and done nothing because. He, if they did, if you can't put this before, you can't establish the the fact that the group is away because then all this sneaking through the, um, the the whisperers territory doesn't work at all. Like none of the tension is there. I think um, I think you're right. You put that after the credits, that that whipping scene, um, yeah. the switch scene. But also, I I think you take you take Ezekiel's uh, monologue here, um, his speech to Judith uh, over the radio. And you lay it over just like ice melting or something or yeah. something to indicate mm-hmm. visually like that, that like the season is changing. And then I have really no problem with that. Yeah. 
Uh, or you could have the 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 pack like uh, no, nah, I guess that wouldn't work. Yeah, I, I like what you're. Yeah, I, I think there's th- things they could have done. Have that that's, Walker that's melt better and fall over. There you <laughs> like go. Like we were talking there about, right? Yeah. Perfect. But 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 you're right. They had they had essentially two like exclamation points they wanted to end the season with, yeah. and they're just like almost mutually incompatible from a narrative visual st- storytelling standpoint. Yeah, you know, splitting them up with the credits would have been perfect, though. I think. Hmm. Uh, I did. Uh, we 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 talked. We we really glanced over this because it's a transitional scene. But I really really enjoyed the snow fight, yeah. uh, the snowball fight with Daryl and the kids and everybody like Jerry and his kids having because like we haven't had a lot of fun this season, and yeah. I kind of got like choked up just watching like Daryl. Like I can't recall seeing Daryl that that like kind of happy and like joyous. He's back in Alexandria yeah. again. Like it uh, it felt. It felt good. It was a nice shot of optimism and hope before we go back into the despair that the show tracks in. But like, goddamn, it was nice. It was nice for them to just go for it, and it was cool. And plus, RJ, Rick Jr. got s- some several dozen seconds of screen time. Okay, amazing. Love it. Want to see more of it? Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what he turns into. I'm sure they're gonna do another time jump, maybe for this last season. I I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, as everybody knows by now, I'm sure the show has been canceled, right? We're going to get 11 seasons and that's going to be it. That's it. They're yeah. going to do more spinoffs. Um, I don't I don't know what the state of the show is currently, like at the end of season 10. Uh, really, no one does. I don't think the finale of season 10 is aired yet, but it won't happen until next month. But um, what do they do? Yeah, that's exactly it's. It sucks. I would love to catch up enough that we could watch the finale together. But there's some excitement. Yeah. Maybe we can talk about that next week too, because one of the spinoffs sounds kind of exciting is a Carol Daryl spinoff. Yeah, uh, that could be very cool in the right hands. So, yeah, no, I'm. Um, it, it feels good that we got another, by all accounts, good year of Walking Dead ahead of us, and then we'll get one more supersize, almost a year and a half of Walking Dead to kind of uh, wrap things up with, and uh, hopefully. Uh, we'll have caught up and, and maybe we can cover that in real time. We'll see. Yeah. Um, and the last thing that I had to say about, um, you know, this morale boosting speech with Judith um, over the radio is they finally got, uh, you know, they, they're showing us a little bit of progress that's being made here, right? You had so many setbacks. Mm. Um, but this this getting the radio established, the radio communication is huge, right? Both symbolically Massive. and also logistically. Um, uh-huh. And and thematically, um, it shows everybody's coming together. Yeah, I mean that that kind of uh, long range communication shrinks the globe. It's it's one of the reasons that uh, the twentieth twenty first century looks so much different than previous centuries on the planet. So they are now getting back to that that uh, radio age, and it's going to be it's going to mean a lot in terms of defense, in terms of uh, cooperation, and uh, also probably it's it'll be. I, I hope they use it to kind of like give. Um, you know, keep relationships going between the different communities because, like, a lot of times it felt like when Michonne would leave Alexander and go to Hilltop, like, all that shit just kind of grounds to a halt. Well, now you can have, you know, these conversations across the the ham radio and, and keep those relationships moving forward. Yeah. Maybe uh, start integrating some of the other communities into the council um, instead of mm. just having it be all Alexandria. Well, and you have, or, or you you have a f- truly federal type government where you know Hilltop, Alexandria, they all have their governments, but then you have representatives that go to like a higher, you mm-hmm. know, level of government to, to to make joint decisions. It's what she wanted when she wrote the charter, right? 
That's what I'm talking about. And fucking all that nitty gritty civics government stuff. Love it. Love it. I will never get bored with delving into weird apocalyptic cultures, governments, technology, more of it. Yeah. Like like a a, a three episode arc of Daryl just doing Survivor Man shit. I would watch it. It'd be my favorite episode of all time. All right. Let's do it. Season 11. Little Daryl. Little Daryl on the prairie. (laughs) I mean, you got to do something with Daryl to set up the spinoff, right? And they kind of have him like he might go like, I don't know, like I, I, I had a feeling that maybe him and Carol settled down in the Carol cabin of mm. sadness and solitude. Right. But now he's throwing snowballs and shit. Like, I feel like maybe not. Maybe he'll it's, it's his time to rejoin the community and Carol's time to kind of go uh, with Lydia. And uh, I don't know. Maybe they all go. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. Go go uh, ship Lydia and uh, Carol off to the all women seaside organization. Okay. Yeah. We, we're we not going to hear from them, right? They're done. They're over. It's, I don't know. They probably aren't even in season 10, if I had to guess. Maybe you see the signature yeah. on the charter. Well, I mean, you know, the, the whatever, this nor'easter, it just wiped them out. Just just why yeah. is, a, is a midwinter hurricane. It's just like Oceanside is they're like a Roanoke colony. They're just fucking gone. Gone. Huh. We'll see. Hopefully they're mentioned. Speaking at least. of gone, are we done here? We're done. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for watching. Thank, thanks for coming back for everyone that did. I know a lot of people, this was a treat for a lot of people. It's honestly a treat for me. Uh, Walking Dead unironically boosted my mood throughout this uh, long, shitty summer. And it was uh, oftentimes a highlight of my week. I was really glad to. And, and the thing is, it's like. It, I'm so glad because if this show had sucked, it would be it'd be torture. But like, I yeah. really had a lot of fun. I'm so glad that everybody came back and was enjoying what we we're doing here. Um, we will be back for next week to consider one last final mailbag. Talk about our plans for the future. Talk about plans The Walking Dead has because there's all kinds of spinoffs, movie deals and stuff that I've been looking at. Uh, we'll be talking about all that. Please send in your feedback to Watching Dead at baldmove.com uh, so we can talk about it. We already have quite a bit that's been dripping and drabbing over the last couple weeks. Um, but yeah, we'll have one final wrap-up for Season 10 where we'll talk about the future of Bald Move and Walking Dead. Hopefully you'll join us then next week. And until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya! See ya!